0: Thank you for joining us. Welcome to Wildfire Tribe Podcast. My name is Sean and my wife's name is Kylie and she is sitting with me right on the edge of the river. Again, we've got waves rolling in. You might be able to hear them. We've got a boat actually out in front of us, towing a person around and around and around and around and around in circles in front of us. Hopefully you don't hear that too much, but welcome aboard anyway. It's lovely to have you with us.
1: Yes, this is going to be an interesting podcast today because I think both of us woke up this morning pretty whacked.
0: <laughs> so are you saying that normally our podcast is not interesting?
1: No, not at all. Or that not we're normally all.
0: not whacked?
1: No, no. That, I think especially today because I, you know, you dropped the car at the, to get fixed and you didn't even know why. <laughs>
0: Well, it's not my job to know why the car is going to the mechanic to get fixed. I think it's more their job. So when they asked me what it was that I was needing fixed, when I'd already told them a few days ago, then I'm just not sure that it's my responsibility to explain it to them again when they should know. They're like the doctors of cars. I
1: know. I love it. (laughs) It's so good. Well, it's probably the perfect start for a podcast where we're going to be talking about Love.
0: Love. Well, I don't know why dropping a car at the mechanic has got anything to do with love. I
1: think the state within which you dropped it was a state of love. That state of the love, wine, the whack. Saint Augustine put it perfectly, saying, Love God and do whatever.
0: <laughs> the Beatles also said it, Kylie. Love is all you need.
1: Yes, love is all you need. It's true. The heading for today kind of came out of a, of a Beatles song or a John Lennon song, actually. Make love not war. That was probably quite fitting for where we are in our global world situations. About just considering about love rather than war and what that means. What it means to love love. God and love one another and what else? What else is there if all we need is love? And why is it so hard? Like why is it so hard to love people? Even like within... The Christian faith, it seems like it's easier to point our fingers and, and not love each other, like just to be frustrated with each other or to battle each other on theology or it seems like love, although it should be like the shining attribute from within the sons of God, from within people that say, yes, I love God and I'm a Christian why is love not the overriding factor that is acknowledged and seen and, and a part of uh, everybody's lives?
0: Yeah, that's a great point. It's a great many questions that you've raised. And so why don't we just go back to the beginning of what it means to be a Christian person. A mm. Christian person is a Christ person, a Christ follower. Is that what they are?
1: Yeah, I guess so.
0: Now, the Christian faith is based around the understanding of the life of Jesus, uh, spoken about in the Bible. The Old Testament speaks of his coming. The New Testament speaks of his being here. And he certainly spoke about love being the answer. I think he said, all you need is love, Kylie. Or did he say something like that? I'm sure. I'm sure he spoke about love. Something about love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. Mm, Yeah. Those kinds of statements. So perhaps if we were just to like set aside the rest of that book and just be able to focus on that and make that our reality, then maybe we wouldn't even need the rest of the book or books or, or discussions or arguments. If we just got that right, maybe that is actually all that we need.
1: Exactly. Like, are we not created just to speak and live within his language of love? So what's
0: the revelatory moment in a Christian's awakening? What happens in that moment, do you think, that makes a person go from an unbelieving person into a believing person? What is it that's injected within them, upon them, on them, through them? What is it that happens to a person's understanding of who God is that makes them cross that line, if you like, into this faith existence.
1: I imagine that it's an encounter with his love. Like it's in a, a love encounter within the center of your being that's, that goes, oh my goodness, like I am seen, I'm known, I'm loved. Like it's, it's, a, it's like a feeling that goes beyond feelings like it it's a whole body experience and it's a soul experience and it's a spiritual experience it's like this moment where you just go oh
0: all i needed was love and now i know what it feels like
1: yeah and it's beautiful it's like that this that story that i've i'm sure i've probably shared it before i write about it in my You can book.
0: share it again Kylie because i don't really listen that much when you're talking so you could probably just say it again and it would feel like the first time anyway.
1: <laughs> it's true. Well, I do share about this in, in quite detail in my book, The New Now. But
0: The New Now, we just better not skip over that because if it is the first time that somebody's listening to us, they have no idea what you're talking about.
1: That's right. Kylie well, has
0: a book called The New Now. You can buy it on our website, mm-hmm. wildfiretribe.life. Or you can buy it in any bookstore, anywhere in the world. If they don't have it, ask them. They can get it for you. Otherwise, just Google it online. The new now. Okay.
1: Yeah. So I'm sharing in the book about a time when we lived in Central Australia. And this particular day, I had got up and I had felt an urging or a nudge to go into town and I used to often prayer walk the river there and ride and just be in the spirit and be in on this journey of just governing and loving in that space of what 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 is it that you have for me today and I felt like a Holy Spirit was saying just get on your bike and ride into town so I at that time I we had like we were living pretty lean and I had like um $50 for the week's groceries so I thought oh well while I'm just on this great adventure into town I'll just um take this $50 and get some groceries on the way home so I headed into town and as I was getting closer I was thinking so where am I going like what 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 am I doing just you know just being in that place of the great adventure with the Father and with Holy Spirit and with Jesus and anyway, I felt like oh I'll just go to the post office and get the mail because maybe there's like I don't know some great thing that somebody sent us in the mailbox. So I was you know maybe there's a check in the mail or something like that some cool some cool card from someone. So I went to the post office box and I just parked my bike. At the front and I went over to the post office box and I opened it up and it was completely empty and I thought mm, that's a bit odd you know here I am you brought me into town there's nothing in the post office box like I felt like this was the place I needed to come to so anyway I went back over to my bike and then I just felt this stirring in my heart Holy Spirit was just saying turn around see that young guy over there who's sitting on the bench at the front of the post office box, he said to me, he feels like your post office box. And I just thought, completely empty. And I was just like, oh. And just like, just really... moved me, I guess, you know, just felt like this emptiness because I had a little bit of a feeling of, oh, like even when I opened the post office box, which was weird because you kind of don't necessarily just feel so, oh, when you open a a mailbox and there's no mail. But this particular day, I kind of had this, it was like an emotional roller coaster ride. Anyway, he said to me, I want you to go over to this young guy and, and tell him, who he is, like tell him who I say he is, like who he is to me. And I was like, okay, so uh, more information w- would be good. And and Holy Spirit was just saying, I'll just tell you when you get there. So at that point, I was thinking, well, I could just ride away at the moment, you know, because this is one of those Kind of um, difficult situations where you don't really know what you're going to say and you're walking up to somebody that you don't know and you've never met before. Anyway, so I just thought, you know, this is why I've come in here and so I'm going to go over to this guy. and I walked over and I introduced myself and I said um, my name's Kylie and uh, God sent me over here because he wants you to know what he thinks of you, like who who you are. And in that moment, a, or, all I can describe it as is a river of love started to flow through me like I had n- never experienced before in a way where I was actually getting to be the channel with which his love for somebody else was flowing straight through me and i was just getting to experience the essence and the feeling and the fullness of that love as it was coming out of heaven or really was coming out of the center of my being because that's where he dwells and it was filling up this young guy with his destiny and his future and his and and a hope and love just this beautiful undiluted love and anyway, like he was crying and I was crying, and it was like a really moving experience. And as it kind of came to an end, I felt this nudging to that I needed to seal this moment with. The fifty dollars that I brought from my groceries, and I was even even after this, I was just like in still in this little thing where I was like, "Really, God? Like, what about the groceries?" But then I was like, "What am I doing?" So I just took took it out of my pocket and I um, placed it in his hand, and I just said, "You know, this is a seal on what was spoken today, and um, you know, over your destiny and everything." And it was just this moment of overwhelmed like I was so overwhelmed I kind of was shaking I got on my push bike I just rode off down the river I left this guy in tears just holding this seal in his hand of the father's precious love for him and what a a moment of transformation that was to see um, the hopelessness be transformed into this knowing that there was a father in heaven that loved him in a way that nobody else could or maybe no one else would and it was just so moving and so beautiful and I think it's one of those crazy things that we actually can be that in people's lives if we just choose to put down our differences put down our judgment, put down the things that we might think about somebody in that situation, like whether they do or don't deserve to be encouraged, whether they do or don't deserve the $50 or whatever it happens to be. And we just become that channel of love for one another that maybe that can bring transformation to our world in a way that we had never considered or that we've never known or experienced before.
0: Do you realize Kylie that there are people in the world that uh, have never been told that somebody loves them? Yeah. Like not even by their mum or dad?
1: Yep. Yeah, that's it. They don't So in
0: a world where that's possible where somebody has not even been told by their mum or dad that that they are loved, how is it then likely or is it likely at all that a person who doesn't know what it feels like to be told that they're loved or maybe those people as well that are not only even not told but certainly don't feel like they are. How do we expect a person like that to then be able to transfer love from them to anybody else? Exactly.
1: I know I think it's an expectation that is it's something really that we need to experience and if we're not experiencing that in our natural families and we're not experiencing that in our everyday relationships, it's difficult for us to experience that with God because we can bring our understanding of our earthly family relationships into our understanding of who God is. And that can that can cause dysfunction in that relationship really, or even for that relationship to possibly not even for a person to see that they, there, is no, there is no God or there is how can God love them or because our experience of fatherhood or our experience of relationship hasn't been filled with love. So why would somebody equate a loving relationship with a God when all of the kind of authority figures or people in their life that could have loved them haven't?
0: Unconditional love Mm, the love of a heavenly father who created everything that can possibly love you no matter what. You know, if you've never experienced love on, on earth, you've never experienced it through humanity. You've never been told it. You've never felt like you are. Is it possible to know that you're loved by God? How would you know that? Yeah, exactly. I think it's only through encounter really that we can know it. Isn't it? Absolutely. That's the case with me. Uh, because my as I think back through my childhood and my parents are still alive I don't think they listen to this podcast uh, nevertheless I just have to talk with authenticness at all times and transparency I don't recall a time in my life where my parents have told me that they love me I, I it's okay for me if if I'm wrong if that has happened and i don't recall it I'm okay with being corrected there but I don't recall the time and therefore outside of being told then I'm reliant upon what it feels like do I feel as though my parents love me I do I think that the way that they've communicated over time has not been very naturally flowing for various reasons perhaps it's come through their relationships with their parents etc as well and so because of this um, walking out an existence on earth, not being told that I'm loved or certainly not remembering that I've been told, but I do feel as though I am, at least for me and my children, I have moved to the next level of ensuring that my children are told that I love them and that also that they know that I love them. Because for me, as I cruise through this life, I just feel as if. A part of my responsibility here is to get that love flow circulating you know to allow people to know to believe to understand to feel that they are loved because from that space of feeling like you're loved especially that unconditional love you can do no wrong it's just a much healthier place to base your existence on a place of unconditional love you know that No matter what your children do, no matter what our children do with their lives, the choices they make, that they can always just know that mum and dad love them and we're cheering them on.
1: Yeah, exactly. There is something about our whole being that desires that. Like in Psalm um, 84, uh, David says, My soul longs, yes, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. It's like his whole physical body and his whole soul were thirsty for this experiential love.
0: I don't think there's a person in the world now or ever has been that actually doesn't have that deep inside them, whether they know what that is or not. That, that connection with God, that love of God that he has for them, maybe people just are not aware of that longing inside them of what it is that they're longing for. Yeah, exactly. And that's, you know, is that the reason why we go in search of other things to make us feel good? Uh, Absolutely. Motorbikes? (laughs) Yes, motorbikes. (laughs) Because if you don't know His love, you don't know your identity in God... You don't know that you're a son or a daughter of his and that that is the case through his outpouring of love into your life of how you came about and what you were created for then perhaps you go looking for that in other places you go looking for other things to attach to your identity that make you feel good
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, A.W. Tozer, he says, but be sure that human feelings can never be completely stifled. If they are forbidden their normal course like a river, they will cut another channel through the life and flow out to curse and ruin and destroy. (laughs) I think it's just there is that...
0: That's what I just said, Kylie. Yeah, I know. But with different words.
1: Yeah, with different words, exactly. I'm backing it up with A.W.
0: Tozer. <laughs> well, I'll back it up with a bit of Truth Seeker. So for those of you people that listen to our podcast, if you haven't heard of a fellow called Truth Seeker, his, the way that you spell his name is Truth S-E-E-K-A-H. He's got podcasts and music, etc. He's an American fellow with dreadlocks and tattoos and, and all that kind of stuff. And if you're a person that's sort of in that uh, that strict, can't-think-outside-of-the-box kind of uh, upbringing, you know, that, that church style of thought, you probably wouldn't like his appearance too much because he might be seen as to be w- one of those new-age-type fellas or something like that. But he has... An incredible love of Jesus, he flows, his lyrics, his words that he speaks flow from that place of his love of God and I just recommend that anybody have a listen to the work that he does. I was listening to him last night interview another person and everything in him speaks of his love of Jesus. So when he looks at people, and this is the challenge for me and for anybody listening, when he looks at people no matter what it is that the world is telling you that they are whatever label it is that they have on themselves whether it's where they're from they're, the amount of money they may or may not have what job they have any of those things he looks at them as if Jesus is in them and because he loves Jesus so much he just sees Jesus in them and I'm just imagine as John Lennon would say, that that was the case for all of us. Exactly. It's certainly, it's a challenge for me when I think about that, when I think about my daily existence as I go about it and as I see people come and go and quite quickly sometimes just sort of look people up and down and go, oh, gee, I don't want to go near them, they're a bit scary for whatever reason, that it is to see beyond that initial appearance.
1: Yeah, Exactly. Well, John Lennon, he says in his song, Make Love Not War, he says, make love not war. I know you've heard it before. Make love not war. I know you've heard it before. Love is the answer, and you know that it's true. Oh, yeah, yeah. And basically, he just sings that over and
0: over again. He's got a lot of love songs, Kylie. He's also got Imagine as well. How about we do the definition of love? An intense feeling of deep affection, deep affection for someone. My phone has come up with to have a warm personal attachment to or deep affection for. What is the love definition in psychology? The American Psychological Association offers a psychodynamic definition of a love, describing it as a complex emotion that involves affection toward another individual a sense of tenderness, sensitivity to their responses and experiencing pleasure due to another individual. I love that with God it's even so much more than that. I love that with God that when you close your eyes at night time to go to sleep, even in those times where you're not able to just go to sleep quickly and your thoughts are racing, thinking about your days ahead, problems that you foresee coming your way, how to solve issues that have happened in the past that you think are going to happen in the future, that any questions that you have, any thoughts that you have as you drift off to sleep, I just feel like God's love is in all of it, that I see any of those questions, those doubts, those wonderings, I see them as like on the bottom of the ocean, with dips in the ocean. I see God's love being the water that fills all of those dips in the bottom of the ocean, that there's just nothing that his love doesn't cover, and there's nothing that his love doesn't comfort you from. That's just one of the most special places for me to be Mm -hmm. in any time, day or night, is that same feeling of just knowing that anything at all that feels like I have a doubt or a problem or an issue, anxiety, any of those things that is just in me and with me. And it's just a complete feeling of contentedness and peace because of that.
1: I love it. Like, I feel like, is that not where we are created to speak and live from within this love, his love, this language of his love, nurturing one another with words of healing and restoration. Like, is it not his nature? Is Like, his nature is love. It's not to kill or torture, but his nature is to heal and restore. I feel like it's this very language of love that draws us into him and draws others into this place like in, it's not division or, or warfare or, or trying to get others to believe what we believe. it's this undiluted
0: perfect love. I keep on going back to John Lennon and I don't know that we would call him a, a Christian person before he before he left the building. and it's interesting even talking about that having to introduce somebody like that immediately. It's like this label that has to be on someone or not be on them. You know, you're either a Christian or you're not or he was a Christian mystic or he wasn't or he was just a plain old mystic or he was new age or old age or ancient spiritual or all these labels we have for different things. But he was an artist, an artist that was known by much of the world in his time and very famous and still famous to this day so all of these years later i'll just go back to his song imagine imagine there's no heaven it's easy if you try no hell below us above us only sky imagine there's no heaven or hell there's no division there's no separation imagine all the people living for today imagine there's no countries it isn't hard to do nothing to kill or die for and no religion too
1: Oh come no on. religion
0: wow no. imagine there was no religion There was no division between country lines. There was no place where I own that you don't and that I am and you're not allowed. Imagine if there was no division at all for no reason. Imagine all the people living life in peace. You may say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. I hope someday you'll join us and the world will be as one. Imagine no possessions. I wonder if you can. That's a John Lennon lyric there. Imagine no possessions. Imagine, Kylie, if just... In the world right now, all of the motorbikes in existence, and there's loads of motorbikes in existence that certain individuals might own 10 or 15 or 20, or just even one that they don't even ride. Just imagine if that wasn't in their possession, but that was just there for anybody's use.
1: I know. That I
0: could just go and just find any motorbike. And just, say, and just take it for a ride and there'd be no issue because it's not a possession that belongs to anyone else or me. I
1: know. Wouldn't it be beautiful?
0: <sighs> ah. Just ride motorbikes wherever, whatever kind you want, and just have the ability to just get fuel and the guy at the fuel station doesn't even charge you because we're not all fighting over this thing called money Cause that we I li- want the most of.
1: Yeah, because we live in this limitless economy of abundance in every area because we just
0: love each other and there's no division there's no separation it's beautiful is it possible
1: well i was thinking perhaps you know with the whole not all things possible yeah i do think all things are possible and absolutely it's possible in fact it's it's within our reach because as some of the old things are coming down like war war has to end because no one wins with war. There are no winners except for people that sell arms. There's no winners. There's no
0: winners with war. It's just the guys right at the very top, isn't it, who yeah. we don't even know the names of, who benefit from this, Exactly. who don't get involved, who don't risk their lives.
1: And I think, as lovers of God and as people that call ourselves Christians, or where you know, churchgoers, or whatever that happens to be, perhaps our linguistic indoctrination around the warrior is a little bit distorted you know faith warrior spiritual warrior it reflects and perpetuates this culture that is bent toward the certainty of power that war protects instead of risking that peace and like risking what peace and love offers like this place of saying, oh, yes, but, you know, we're warring in the spirit. We've laid down our weapons and we have embraced this place of love and we've all embraced this
0: place of love. What does the world look like? I've been thinking recently about our discussions with other people with regards to not drinking alcohol, drugs, smoking, all of those things. You know, those things that people attach to the religious side of things. You know, you can't drink, you can't smoke, you can't have fun, basically. If you're a follower of Jesus or a lover of God, then these things have to go. I don't agree that they have to go. My experience has been that they just do go. My my experience is that from drugs, drinking, and cigarettes, you know, because a lot of people outside of religion look at religious people as being like strict and uptight and having their lives in order, which is not true to start with. But they also look at it as being a place of strict adherence to rules because you have some knowledge of God. But my experience of drinking and smoking, which I have stopped doing three years ago completely has just come about by my pursuing of him i tried everything within my power and read books i did everything short of being hypnotized i considered that to stop smoking and drinking but i in retrospect when i look back at it now on the other side of it i realized that the more that i came to the knowledge of god and not just through reading books and, or even just reading the Bible, but actually just walking out relationship with him of every moment, the less of these other things that I seem to need to have. It's not like I even had to make a sacrifice or it wasn't like it was a big effort where I felt like I had to do something to seek God's approval or to become a good Christian person. These things were just, for me, slowly but surely removed and I can only attribute that to his love again his display his affection of love for me just removed those things from me and replaced those things that were ultimately very harmful for me with more of him oh
1: I love it it's like um the human condition or our way of life it seems to like waver between our capacity for destruction and our capacity for the fullness of life or the fullness of restoration. It's interesting, in Micah 4, there's this verse where it literally speaks of us refashioning weapons of war into garden tools. And I love this. It says, They will beat their swords into plowshares, And their spears into pruning hooks. Nations will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. Because everyone will sit under their own vine and under their own fig tree. And no one will make them afraid, for the Lord Almighty has spoken. I feel like it's that beautiful picture of coming into the garden of our hearts, where we walk with the Lord, where we understand that we're here to bring restoration and fullness of life and to be rivers of love to water the earth and that we're not here to take up arms and try and get everybody onto our side. We're not here to try and prove that we're right and you guys over there are wrong and we're going to fight the good fight until the enemy is crushed. That is done. Like, we don't have to fight that fight anymore. We're just called to love.
0: Well, last night as I was going to sleep and, and also just late last night thinking about this talk, this upcoming topic today I was just you know going through the motions that you do when you think about the things that you're going to talk about and and ultimately for me as I was thinking about it I just think about God and particularly Jesus when it comes to love you know that he would love humanity Mm. so much that he would actually die for for humanity. And I just think about the fact that the sacrifice that he made, not only did he make that, but he knew beforehand that that's what he was going to do. So he lived his entire life knowing what it was going to cost him. And I can't I just cannot imagine me living my life from the beginning of the day I was born knowing every day that it was going to culminate in a point of that terrifying time of laying down my life for everybody, not even just people that I, Sean, happen to have close to me and love, but everybody because I'm actually supposed to love everybody. And that he did that, knowing that that was going to happen in advance, willingly, and that then at some stage after his death and resurrection, that we would then go about the business of starting churches and starting organizations and starting groups and starting circles of people that talk about behavior modification and steps and rules and guidelines to walking out a Christian existence that we could know and get a sense of all that he sacrificed for that moment and then somehow create a system again of getting back into the presence of God's love. It makes me, as I was thinking about it last night, it, it made me quite emotional to think that, that we would continue to do that, that we as humanity would continue then to go about our business of stepping on each other, climbing over each other, shoveling more stuff into our mouths, trying to get more stuff off the table for us than the person across the other side that we would try to appear to be more righteous or more learned or more deserving of god's favor when it's already all done it's like every action that we make every action of greed selfishness war all of these inequalities that we've brought about are really just like it's offensive it's 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 i just don't know i don't have the words for it. it apart from it's offensive to think that that we could know about the sacrifice of god in human form and create a system around trying to get back to that point again exactly
1: i saw a, one of those quote boards this week and it stood out to me because of our topic jesus was not a christian And Buddha was not a Buddhist. Muhammad was not a Muslim. They were all teachers, teaching love. Love was their religion.
0: Yeah, Jesus didn't come down to give us a new set of rules. He actually came down to earth. And went through all that I just spoke of to abolish the need for any of those. Exactly. And the understanding that any of those are unachievable, unattainable, unnecessary, not required, never again, never ever. Yeah. And anything that you do to try and appease an angry God or to, to get closer to Him, any action that you make that you deem as being a way to get closer to Him is actually not even required, not, not anything, because it's already all done. It's like saying, oh, okay, I appreciate the fact that you love me, Kylie, but I don't think that you love me as much as you say that you do. So I'm going to wash up the dishes tonight to show you that I love you.
1: I don't mind if you do, by the way. <laughs> but yeah, I totally, it totally. Podcast, I totally. Kylie. It's not true <laughs> life.
0: We're not, I'm not actually going to wash up.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, it, and it's so true, you know. There isn't any more that we can do to receive the love that is ours.
0: My washing up the dishes occasionally just comes out of a place of showing you that I do love you. It doesn't come out of a place of me washing up to come into your affection.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: I'm not doing it because I don't believe that you love me completely and I need to somehow work my way towards that. Exactly.
1: In 1 Corinthians it says, Love is large and incredibly patient love is gentle and consistently kind to all it refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to someone else love does not brag about one's achievements nor inflate its own importance love does not traffic in shame and disrespect nor selfishly seek its own honor love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense love joyfully celebrates honestly and finds no delight in what is wrong Love is a safe place of shelter and it never stops believing the best for others. Love never takes failure as defeat for it never gives up.
0: I was just thinking about love in the way of love being a gift too. You know, when when you think about Christmas and birthdays, etc. Like times when you visit people and you give them gifts. What if you were just to give people the gift of love as in expressing your love for them through words or actions yeah. rather than feeling like you need to give them a box that needs to be unwrapped that really only has an impact for a moment mm. or an amount of time but that words spoken in love towards somebody can impact a person forever
1: and it's like those there are those love languages too that each each one of us, is spoken to differently. Like we receive love differently. Like some people receive words far more powerfully, like their love language is those words of affirmation, those words of love, speaking that into their lives. But for other people, they love you to just be doing something, like you were saying with the washing up. For some people, those, those actions of love are... Speak really loudly, and for other people, they do like to receive gifts and not necessarily big, expensive gifts, but just gifts from the heart things that are thought about. You know, I just
0: want to, I just want to, um subtract that comment I made before about like just giving words and you know um speaking words and showing love because I actually think that I would love you just the same actually I think I'd love you more if you bought me a motorbike than if you just said babe like you're looking hot today
1: yeah I know but all I have to offer you is is the the hot vibes the moment so you're just gonna have to go with that
0: yeah i am going with that (laughs) i'm okay with that like that is sufficient to keep me breathing (laughs) etc but for me i do i do think that ultimately like your unconditional love of me i would definitely feel like i felt that you love me unconditionally if you bought me like motorbikes
1: well i definitely vibe that you are a gift receiving person Like, I wouldn't dare to go a birthday without you getting some kind of gift. Although, mostly, you don't like the gifts that you get. (laughs) It's like, socks is not a gift. I don't know about mostly, but
0: but yes, you do give odd gifts sometimes, but I guess... It's, it's the heart behind it, isn't it? It's where it's the fact that you actually made the effort to go and buy the gift that you thought that I would like, that you really just bought for yourself to give to me because you thought that I would like it.
1: God that's a low blow. <laughs> well, the other, the other love languages, you do you know that are... chocolate
0: that you buy for me that you love?
1: i've never known you to not like any kind of chocolate by the way just happens that we both like some of the. it's just a
0: sacrifice of love kylie that i just eat it sometimes and tell you that i love it because i'm just gesturing to you that i love the fact that you bought it for me
1: yes i know honey it's your sweet way of saying it's not a motorbike <laughs> the other love languages that there were that there are too are quality time and physical touch like you know i don't think it can be underestimated for some people what a hug does and for some people that don't ever get to be around or be hugged how much energy and affirmation or and and just love can be transmitted in just a hug
0: yeah I know it's um it's interesting when you look at people that have on- online relationships and even when you think about like we've spoken about before in amongst uh Christian circles and knowing people online etc it's a completely different experience when you're actually in the same room as somebody and you get to hug them exactly
1: yeah it's so different And time, you know, time is another one of those ones that is very precious to people, just to have the time. And time, when you're very time poor, your time is very valuable to someone that realises that you don't have much time for them. And when you actually give them a piece of your time, it's far more valuable than buying gifts for them, or um, especially when they value just somebody taking the time. I remember when our boys, you know, were... 15 and 16 and 17, you know, that kind of really hard stage for kids where they're every
0: stage is hard well
1: I know every stage is hard but there's like kind of an extra awkwardness sometimes in that period of time where you're becoming an adult and it's where you really feel like there's the biggest divide between generations as well it's kind of like how do I understand these people that speak a different language they communicate with their friends differently to what we ever communicated with our friends when we were that age like there's a lot of those things that make it hard sometimes or you know, their, their interests are completely different to your interests. And the, the thing that a lot of kids that age need is time. And one of the most beautiful gifts that I used to love was having to do the learner driver hours. And I, and I remember that you know it it just used said... to All right,
0: I'll just set this up, Kylie, just before you go on to the learner driver hours. For those people that are listening in the other countries outside of Australia and there's twenty seven other countries listening outside of Australia already and counting, you may not know what Kylie is talking about. In Australia at a certain age, to get your driving license, to give you the ability to legally drive a car on the road, you need to actually do hours in a car alongside alongside somebody that's older, that has had a license for longer, who also teaches you. So you can continue with your story now, Kylie, about what it's like to spend time with your sons, teaching them how to drive and i love that you did that and i'm also fearful at the same time that knowing how you drive that that's the gifts that's been passed on on to my children
1: (laughs) and like i say to you i only drive bad when you're in the car because you terrify me Um, yeah. So we, in Australia, we have to do 120 driving hours with a full licensed driver when you're on your learning license. And so I did pretty much all of those hours with our boys and it would always take about half an hour, maybe a little bit more to Come into this sweet zone where you're just sitting with each other, and then we begin to talk. We we begin to have this richness of conversation where all of a sudden, all those things that you just don't seem to be able to get out of them when we're just at home at breakfast or at dinner or racing around whatever it happens to be in our businesses and school life and everything. There's this. There's kind of like this point at which you all of a sudden you've sat with them long enough for everything just to start to flow and that is just such a precious thing and I think what it spoke to me was because when you're doing the driving hours you know you're not there's no ability to just walk away from the conversation before it even begins like there is like at your house or something, because you're just sitting in the car and you're just driving until your driving trip is done. So it helped me to also take that extra time when we weren't in the car to realise that it takes time to nurture those first golden sentences where you start to come into a conversation that where the person is feeling valued and seen. And yeah, sometimes that took, you know, we would go on a camping trip or we would, Do something, you know, just me and one of our sons or Sean and one of our sons, just to create that space where you can get to that special point of that time is so valuable and people feel seen and loved just with simply spending time.
0: As you're talking, I'm just looking back up the riverbank towards a fig tree. I think they're Morton Bay fig trees, aren't they? Is that what they are?
1: Uh, They're not like
0: fig trees as in the fruit ones with big leaves on them. They've got much smaller leaves. But these trees here are, I think it would have to be 30 metres tall if that's possible. Easy. Yeah, they would be. When you think of an Olympic-sized swimming pool being 25 metres across, I think it's it would easily cover that if it fell in the pool. Yeah, it would. It, they're enormous trees. And the reason why I'm speaking about it, as I, as I'm looking at them, I feel like they've just... I know that they they grow towards the sun. They are attracted to the sun. The sun helps them grow. I understand all of that. But I also see that it's like an act of worship. They're just standing up proudly with their arms stretched out, just like growing towards the sun. The S-O-N. I love it. Yeah, it's so true. It's just like this. If you look at all the trees around as if that is what they are doing, then that is what they are doing. They are standing in worship. They're standing going, ha-ha, look, here I am. Here I am to show you what's above. Here I am to shade you. Here I am to be a part of your life. Here I am for you to just enjoy. They're phenomenal trees, aren't they?
1: Yeah, they're amazing. They
0: are beautiful.
1: I love this. um, This is an extract from the Mirror Bible along the lines of the same that i read earlier from corinthians but i love how this one frames it up it is neither angelic eloquence nor the mastery of human language that persuades it doesn't matter how poetic prophetic or profound i may sound my conversation is reduced to the hollow noise of clanging brass symbols if love's echo is absent i could predict the future in detail and have a word of knowledge for everyone i could possess a amazing faith and prove it by moving mountains. It doesn't make me any more important than anyone else. Love is who you are. You're not defined by your gift or your deeds. Love gives context to faith moving mountains. It is not the point. Love is. Love is not about defending a point of view. Even if I am prepared to give away everything that I have and die a martyr's death, love does not have to prove itself by acts of supreme devotion or self-sacrifice. Love is large in being passionate about life and relentlessly patient in bearing the offences and injuries of others with kindness. Love is completely content and strives for nothing. Love has no desire to make others feel inferior and it has no need to sing its own praises. Love is predictable and does not behave out of character. Love is not ambitious. Love is not spiteful and it gets no mileage out of other people's mistakes. Love sees no joy in injustice. Love's delight is in everything that truth celebrates. Love is a fortress where everyone feels protected rather than exposed. Love's persuasion is persistent. Love believes. Love never loses hope. Love never loses its altitude. The quest for knowledge will be inappropriate when perfection is grasped now persuasion and every pleasurable expectation is completed in agape here in agape my soul remembers who i am faith hope and love are in seamless union agape is the superlative of everything faith and hope always knew to be true about
0: agape love well that was a heap of words kylie at that like if you just had us read that out at the very beginning we wouldn't have had to do any other words it covers it all yet again why would you wait until the end of this long conversation to rip out something like that that just covers it all i know it's pretty cool hey love comes from above like a dove and fits you like a glove
1: yeah come on well agape is the fatherly love of god for us his sons and daughters, oh, as well as the human reciprocal love for God. In Scripture, the transcendent agape love is the highest form of love and is contrasted with euros or erotic love and philia, brotherly love.
0: So, if you've never experienced God's love, how do you how does how do you get some of that India? Mm. How do you how do you come to that realisation? How do you put yourself out there as somebody that doesn't know anything about what we've just been talking about, who's never experienced that?
1: I would just start in a place of stillness. I'd just come into a place of just stillness. I'd just find myself like just sitting on my lounge or sitting on the grass in my backyard or sitting by the river or just sitting in a place and just with every piece of your being, take yourself into your heart and allow that little love gate within you to open so that you can receive his love that's already within you. It's already there and it's wanting to flow into your entire being. But Through generational hurts and trauma and pain and a lot of things that happen through our lives and and through the lives of our forefathers, often that little gateway within our heart has been shut. It's been closed. We haven't wanted to let it be open to receive that love. We felt like we don't deserve it. We felt like it's not for us. We're not good enough. But that's all a lie. And each one of us has one of those love gates within our heart that we are able to access, that we can just go in there and say, Okay, Jesus, like you've made a way for me to receive this love that is flowing from within me, to fill me, to fill me from the inside, <laughs> to fill me from the inside out. And I can just be with him in that place in the garden of our hearts it's like laying down those weapons of war you don't have to fight anymore not even the good fight you don't have to fight any fight you can just come into that place of come into the garden trade those weapons of war for the tools of the garden those beautiful things that can work the earth, that can turn the soil, that can open that place of goodness in the center of your being as you tend your garden with him, as you plant flowers in there, as it becomes a place of life and beauty and goodness and freedom and kindness and hope and love.
0: Yeah, wow, that was beautiful yet again. It's been a really relaxing, calming time down by the river here again today, speaking of God's love. Is there more that you have for us to speak about yet, Kylie? I just feel like
1: pretty whacked. <laughs> and I think it is that, that place of coming into that first love. It's that giddy feeling of feeling overwhelmed by in, in that place of, wow,
0: like he loves me. I remember when we first got together before we got married, spending a night with you, spending a night out with you and then ending up as the sun was coming up, etc. Still awake, still talking to you, lying on the ground in our backyard, staring into your eyes, just feeling in love and just being energized by that. energized so much that I would stay awake all night just talking and that's that first love isn't it that's that love that conquers all else that's that removes the doubts all the thoughts or the questions of anything else
1: Mm, it's so true yeah I remember that night too that just waking up or not waking up because we didn't go to sleep but just lying on the back lawn and looking up at the stars and the sun rising at the same time and just feeling that feeling of like wow like he's he's this person that sees me and acknowledges me and loves me for who I am right where I am with all of the things that are I feel like are wrong and all of the things that you know could be better and all of those things that's that place that place where you feel overwhelmed you feel giddy and 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 that's that's the love that God loves each one of us with. He lo- He just sees us. He's looking right into our eyes just going, I just love every piece of you exactly where you are, exactly like you are.
0: Mm. So if you've never experienced that with God, if you've never experienced that moment of him loving you with all of his being to the point where you're content just to be lying on the ground exactly where you are or whatever circumstances are happening around you that that you just know that that is true then this is what this podcast is about is trying to help you come to that realization that if you've experienced that before that that's not a one-off that that is for you right now and if you've never experienced that before that that's also available for you right now there's actually nothing separating you from that except for your understanding that you probably think that you have to do something to gain that but you don't exactly
1: and you know I feel like it is one of those things too how it's easy if you don't allow yourself to you know put your guard down and experience his love for you that you just want to experience the knowledge of God you want to be in in the theology of what it is to be a Christian rather than to have the experience of his love and him capturing your heart and and you being in this beautiful dance with him where everything else just fades away it's it that's the place where we can come into where we can have no war.
0: And loving your neighbour as yourself comes out of that place.
1: It does, because often it's like, well, how can you love the unlovely? What about murderers? We can't love murderers. What about people that, you know, all those horrible people that do bad things in jail? We can't love those people. Well, we actually can Because he doesn't call us to love people with a reasonable love, that is, that we conjure up ourselves. He actually gives us his love to love people with. And that's the beauty of allowing him to love you, is that then you realize it's that love that we've been given to love one another with, which is, an, which is an unconditional love. It's a love with no lines and barriers. It's a love that doesn't It doesn't look at race. It doesn't look at religion. It doesn't look at good or bad. It doesn't look at sin. Perfect it doesn't love. see any of those things.
0: What does That's perfect right. love do, Kylie?
1: Perfect love casts out all
0: fear. All fear
1: it casts out fear of those people that we fear we're afraid of but we're actually called to love love like love removes barriers it removes chains it brings people out of brokenness into wholeness
0: mm i love it so when you're talking about perfect love casting out all fear it just brings me and my thinking straight back to the now you know the right mm, now yeah if you can remove the fear of everything else by bringing yourself into the right now, this this very moment, right now that you're in, as you're sitting or listening to this podcast, as you're out the backyard raking up leaves, or you're listening on your lawnmower. Right now, you know that feeling of right now. Everything is perfectly fine. I I am loved by God right now. Yeah. The new now. The new now.
1: The new now is this perma place of love the perma whack where you realize you're always in his love you're never outside of it there's never uh we're only loved when we do all the right things we're we're actually always loved
0: (laughs) you mean we can run around and misbehave (laughs) and do all the wrong things and still be loved Well, the beauty of love is
1: once you come into the revelation of His love for you, it changes everything. It's like you were saying before; it's like it's a a natural progression of walking in the fullness of His love. Is all those things fall away? Those things that we wanted, we desired before, that were maybe
0: toxic or
1: destructive or you know not good for us, they they cease to be a shining draw cards and it's not
0: bringing something from the outside to in it's not grabbing more of god's love by actions to bring more of his love inside of you to then be able to have it flow out of you it's just knowing that he's already in you exactly yeah it's so true yeah it's beautiful
1: ah it's very special
0: So just before we do draw to a close today, we thank you so much for listening to our conversation about mystical things, the mysteries of God, about the fact that he loves you unconditionally, no matter what, there's nothing that you can do or have to do to make him love you more. It's already overflowing in you and out of you. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast, our Wildfire Tribe podcast. We ask that you share it with people that you know. We ask that you go to our website, wildfiretribe.life, and that you interact with the Facebook and all the social media type activities on that website as well. Just like things, share things, comment, interact. It really helps with us getting our profile raised in the land of the internet and we would really appreciate it if you could do that for us. Thank you so much for listening us to us today.
1: Yeah, I love it. We love you guys. And I just wanted to share, just as we we're ending, just a little um, piece out of my book. The part I love about this is once we have the revelation of God's love for us, once I understand that the creator of the universe wants to dwell within me, he does dwell within me, This revelation flows through every other piece of my being. When we have this revelation of love, the abuses, the regrets, the misdemeanors of our past, they may rear their ugly head, but still they cannot take control of those areas of our life again because our first love gate is in the center of our being, in our spirit. And it's untouchable. We may have locked it up or closed it down, but it can be reopened. And the living water that flows out of the restoration of relationship and the revelation of his love can freely flow. So yeah, we love you guys. We, we champion your journey into the space of reopening your love gate and experiencing his love for you in a way that you never have before. A deeper, more radiant, more vibrant, more amazing love.
0: Yeah. I love God. I love you, Kylie. I love you too, honey. And I love all of our listeners. And we love all of our listeners. We thank you for listening. And we look forward to joining you next time.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having us, guys, in your little piece of the world. We love love you.